Good morning, church. Genesis 12 is where we'll be this morning. Abraham is our subject. Last week we learned about a pagan named Abraham who became a patriarch. Abraham is one of the most important people in our Bible. Next to our Lord Jesus Christ, probably no one else in our Bible is as important as Abraham. Let's ask the Lord to teach us as we study his word this morning. This morning, Father, we pray that you would help us to pay attention to your word. Help us not to talk to our neighbor. To fall asleep. Or to be distracted by the many things around us. Teach us about this very human person named Abraham. More importantly, teach us about the God who called him. Who, who commanded him to leave his home and to go on a, on a mission for him. Help us to see the calling you've given each one of us. To leave the things of this world behind and to worship and know and to love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've read Genesis 1 or 12, 1 through 3. We won't wander very far from the, these three verses this morning. As I was saying, Abraham is a very important figure in our Bible. In this book of Genesis, only 11 chapters are devoted to something else. At least 14 chapters are used specifically for this man Abraham and his family. Two 2,000 years of, of uh, human history comes before chapter 12. And yet, and yet chapters 12 through 36 spends, almost, spends most of its content on Abraham and his family. So when Moses wrote the book of Genesis, he arranged it this way. He, he wants us to focus on this person and know some things. So as we study God's word this morning, let's look for the lessons that have been left for us. In Genesis 12, we are told that Moses would be the father, or that many nations... We see that Abraham, uh, that these promises have been fulfilled to Abraham both physically. Physically, Abraham became the father of the Jewish nation as well as the Muslims. The Jewish nation and the Arabs looked to Abraham as their father. Spiritually, he's become the father of a great host of believers who have put their faith in the Lord God. From the line of Abraham came Jesus the Messiah. Look to him. So you cannot understand the Old Testament unless you understand Abram. 
Tosobola kutegera ndagano nkadde okulekanga otegedde Ibrahim yani oba Ibrahim God's glorious work of redemption begins to focus more once information is revealed in this chapter Omulimu gwa katonda ogwo kununula abantu begutandiko okutandiko okulabika obulunji ngatumaze okunyonyoka Ibrahim yani Abraham comes up again in the New Testament as the writers look back to key events in his life. It's through the life of Abraham that we first hear about God's righteousness and how important that is. When Jesus made his trip to the temple for the very first time, when he was only a baby, a man named Zechariah there recognized that Jesus was the fulfillment of this promise in Genesis 12. Zechariah said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of the he has remembered his holy key swore in this text. So understanding the life of Abraham, which we're just beginning to look into, is very important. Last, last week we saw how he moved from pagan to a believer. We know he eventually becomes a patriarch that we all look up to. And if there's one word that maybe is connected most closely with Abraham, it's the word faith. The faith of Abraham is continually remembered in the scriptures. We're going to see why that's the case this morning. The title of this message would be Abraham, the father of the faithful. Up to this point in the book of Genesis, we have a lot of problems. We have all the sins that we're very familiar with even today. We have disobedience. Murder and killing. Deception and drunkenness. Nudity and rebellion are in these early chapters of Genesis. It sounds like we have not changed much. And so if you were God right about here, what would you do? The world seems to be a mess. Everyone is sinning. There is great evil in the world even after the flood. What would you do if you were God at this moment? Most of us would probably be tempted to start over again. Let's have another flood and start again. Obviously God promised Noah he would not do that. So what does God do? God takes a pagan living in Ur. And he graciously calls him and gives him a mission. He takes a man and a woman from their home and he tells them to go to a new land. And he basically starts over with humanity with this one couple. Because Abraham and Sarah listened to what God said. Even though they did it imperfectly. 
They eventually got to where they were supposed to go. They obeyed what God had told them to do. Couple who spent their lives wandering around in tents. Today we have the Jewish nation. We have the scriptures many of you have in your hands. And we have the Savior of the world. And much of it begins with this couple here in Genesis 12. You know, Abraham was almost 75 years old when God said to go. If, if you were roughly 75 years old and God said go someplace, what would you be thinking? I was, by that age, I'm hoping I'm comfortable and I'm not making any travels. Yet God appears to Abraham and says go. Go to a place you've never been. Go live among people you don't know. And I'll take care of you. Abraham has no idea where he's going. Calls him to and to obey. And that's not very different from what he's telling each one of us this morning. Have faith in what God has said. And obey. So in this passage, Abraham is given three things by God. If you're looking to organize this message about Abraham, the father of the faithful, we have three points. Our gracious God gives Abraham three things. He tells him to go and he's going to give him three things. He's going to give him a great land. He's going to give him a great name. And he's going to give him a great blessing. Land, name, and blessing. Now, as we look at this, you're going to see that, that the giving is, is complex. Look at verse, let's look at verse 1. It says, Yahweh, or the Lord, said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. Last week we found out a little bit about where this land was. It's that area of Israel today. God is telling Abraham and his descendants after him that they will go and dwell in this land. And while the people of Israel spent thousand plus years in the land, you know it's been a bit complex since their There came a point of exile where they left and fled all over the world. Just a few years ago, 1948, the British uh, allowed many of them to return. And so in our lifetime, for the first time in many generations, the people of Israel are back in the land Abraham was given. If you follow the news very much, you know something about this even now. We're on the precipice of World War III because of this promise. 
Esawa zino tuino kusu okutebereza nti wainzo kubira osematalo wokusato lwechisubizo kino chenyini. We have a war in Europe. We have a war this close in the Middle East. To complete. The world, the world is bringing their guns to the Middle East. And all those guns to start shooting. So Satan has been fighting this for a long time. Over 3,000 years ago this promise was made. And, and, and even in Abraham's life he wandered through this land in tents. He never built a house. It wasn't until his descendants were there that they were actually able to live there. Nevertheless, there's a quite a history here and God has told Abraham to go. He's told to leave his country, his people, and his, and his father's house. Go to a place where you don't really know. And it's through the Abraham. And this is something of a picture of the call to every Christian this morning. If you're, if you're a Christian this morning, God has made promises to you. He said, leave your sin. He said, turn away from your past. Sometimes that includes our family. Sometimes that includes our home. And he tells us to go to another city. He tells us to live for a, a city that we have not seen. As a Christian this morning, you're not that different from Abraham. Abraham. God commands Abraham to turn from sin. Turn from the idolatry of his home and go. And today we are commanded to turn from our sin and to put our faith in the Lord. Some of us are on the fence. We're trying to decide what we are going to do with our lives. Are we going to put our faith and trust in the promises we've been given in God's word? Or are we going to hold on to what we already have? Do we put our trust in the now or in the future? Do we believe the promises God has made and put our action behind them? Or do we hold on to these few little things we have? If you look, if you know much about Abraham, they were not like a rocket that just became perfect, shooting, shooting up and never making mistake. Like us, there's hills and there's valleys. The question is whether you get off the narrow road God has called you to. Which road are you on this morning? The scriptures say that we must deny ourselves and follow him. Jesus said we need to take up our cross and follow him. To deny ourselves and believe and follow him. He tells us if you want to gain the world you have to Lose yourself. 
But if you let yourself go, if you don't hold this world tightly, you get, you gain the whole world. You know, the promise that, that God made to Abraham, it's so much bigger than I think what he realized. That's the God we're dealing with. He makes what sounds like, eh, promise. If you build the promises to Abraham, they are much greater than what he understood. You're dealing with a very good and gracious God. And he makes some promises in his word. He's the kind of God who multiplies his promises. He does not undergive. You know, some people they, they promise, but, but what they do doesn't quite meet the promise. When God promises, he goes far beyond what he promised. We see that Abraham probably did not even understand all that God was doing and what he promises him. Yet Abraham believed God enough to do what he was told. It took him a long time to get there. He made many mistakes on the way and when he and we're not very different from him. So there's really three types of people here this morning. As we consider the life of Abram, which person are you? Three persons. You might be an unbeliever this morning. You're not a Christian. You have no spiritual understanding. You don't care about spiritual things. When someone's reading the Bible, you're talking. When someone tries to explain the Bible to you, you're sleeping. There are so many other things that are interesting. You're distracted by the kids in front of you who are messing around. You're looking at the beautiful girls on the other side of the room. Or the handsome men who are sitting back here. You're an unbeliever. You're not a Christian this morning. And Abraham's life is a message of hope for you. We have no evidence that Abraham was looking for God. He was likely worshiping idols when God called him. And yet you might be one of those people this morning. You could care less about what's being said and done this morning. God calls years old to serve him. He gives an old couple that everyone thinks is almost dead a mission. And 3,000 years later, we're still talking about them. There's the, almost a world war about ready to begin because of what God did right here. We serve a God of grace. He's good and gracious. To people who don't deserve it. To people who aren't paying attention. When he's trying to speak to them. There's hope for you. He doesn't give up on you. As long as your heart is beating, he, there is hope for you. 
Let me encourage you not to waste the grace he's giving. Some of us might be an unbeliever and we're a bit interested. You've been coming. Maybe you like hearing about the things of, of the Bible. But you know you're not a Christian. You still enjoy your sin way too much. You know if you, if you turn from your sin that it will be hard for you. But yet there's something pulling you. You keep coming here every Sunday. You like the music. You like to sing a little bit. And every now and then someone from this pulpit says something you, uh, you like to hear. But, but you're not a believer. You're not a Christian at all. But you, but you keep coming every Sunday. You like to talk about spiritual things sometimes at home maybe. When someone comes to talk about the Bible, you like to ask lots of hard questions. Maybe that's a sign that God is working in you. You're probably better than those who are sleeping. Because the Spirit is working somehow in your mind. You're beginning to realize that this book is important. The things that God has said can, can change your life. Some of you are old enough to realize the grave is coming for you. And you have no answers for what happens after you die. The grave has become as is beginning to appear. The joints feel don't feel like they used to feel. You're falling asleep like at 8 p.m. right after dinner. You're not like the little ones running everywhere. Those little ones that are always moving. Even in church. But you're beginning to awake to spiritual things. Let me encourage you, like Abraham, to obey the Lord. Don't play games with God. Leave your old life. Leave the sin in your life. Commit yourself to follow God with your whole heart. Pursue God with what you have left of your life. We have a third group. Many of you this morning are believers. The life of Abraham is a message even for us. What did God call him to do? He had to leave his home. But he was given a new country. He was even looking forward to a heavenly country and a heavenly city. The passage we read this morning said he was looking to that heavenly city. He wasn't merely living for that new land that, that, that was going to be given to him and his descendants. He was looking for that heavenly city Zion which was being prepared for him. He was believing what God had told him. He put his faith and his trust in what God has told him and he turned away from his old life. And God showered him with blessings for the rest of his life. So Christian this morning, 
Be like faithful Abraham. Keep your eye on the eternal glory he has preparing for you. Life is hard and difficult. Trials and troubles will come your way. People will bless and curse you while you're on this But you're called to follow the Lord in obedience. Let's look at what God has promised Abraham. We saw already that he was he has promised him a great name a, a great land. We've seen that even today they're fighting over this land. Blood will be spilt in the next few weeks over this property in the Middle East. The most powerful nations in the world are sending their ships to keep an eye on things. In verse 2, we see something else God gave him. It says, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Yahweh promises to give Abraham a great name. Now many of these things are Abraham barely knew. Remember God gave him this land but he, he really never built a house in it. During Abraham's lifetime, his name was known and he was a respected person. But do you think he thought 3,000 years later we would be talking about him? Do you think he thought, you know, in 3,000 years, my name will be, on, will be, will be used for Millions of children. Are there any, are there any Abrahams this morning? Are there any, any among us? I know all three faiths have, have named their children, often named their children Abraham. Is that what God meant by this? Ah, Abraham, your name will be popular. The Jews, the Christians, the Muslims, they'll call their children by your name. Is that what makes Abraham great? Your name is popular. Is that, what, is that what this passage is saying? What is it saying then? It's saying he will be... When the world thinks of Abraham today, what do they think of? If they know anything about what has been said in the scriptures, and even, and even what others believe, it's tied to his faith. Abraham was great in faith. Over and over in the scriptures, he, we, the scriptures take us back to him and his faith. It's, the, it's in the New Testament for the first time that we, we understand that, that salvation has always been by faith. The blessings come to every nation through Abraham and the faith which he had. Abraham's called a friend of God at least three times. 
Paul in the book of Romans and Galatians ties justification and salvation to the life of Abram. If you can just imagine Abraham at 75 years old. Being given these promises. He and his wife are both aged. And yet he obeys. He does what God has commanded him to do. And God changes the world through the faith of this old couple. Change the world. Would God have brought his Messiah into the world through this old couple? Would God have changed world history by taking this little couple and moving them over here? We often don't expect what God is going to do. So when God calls you to believe and do something, you need to realize who you're dealing with. God takes small, little, insignificant things. And he does things that shock and amaze us and the world. God promises Abram a great land and a great name. He also gives Abraham a great blessing. He says you will be a blessing in verse 2. He tells him, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And he says, in you, you old man, he says, you in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. How are all the families blessed by... How, how, is, how is that going to happen? What in the world is, are we talking about? This little promise right here will have worldwide impact for the rest of the time this earth exists all families of the earth will be blessed what is he referring to? God is looking at Abraham this one person his wife this old couple and he's going to begin to focus his attention on doing something supernatural. He's going to send his one and of this. So we see here that God's plan of redemption has moved from Eve now to this family, Abraham. We're looking back 3,000 years and saying, aha, God has chosen a family. going to become a nation. After hundreds of years. This, this family, this couple is going to give us his scriptures. All the prophets and the Messiah. He's going to make all things right through this family. He's going to be a blessing to all the families of the world. What do we see at the end, at the very end, at the judgment? Is it only the Jews there? Is it only the good people? Is it one nation or maybe a couple? Only the Bazungu are there? 
who's there? All tribes. All tongues. All nations. In you, all the families of the world will be blessed. God's using a small and insignificant thing to do something that will blow our minds. Remember, in Abraham's lifetime, he, he may have had no real comprehension of how great this was. Obviously, if you're dealing with God and he makes promises to you, it's probably going to be good. Abraham believed what God told him. From the very beginning to the very end, salvation will always be by believing what God has said. By grace, through faith. There's never been salvation by grace. Paul writes many uh, verses in our Bibles using Abraham as an example of this very thing. In Galatians, Paul says that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach, preach the gospel beforehand in this text. So the gospel is being preached in this text. He quotes this very uh, section we just read that all the families will be blessed. So Paul, in Galatians 3, points back to this text and says the gospel is there. Martin Luther, one of the most famous uh, reformers in church history. Said this verse right here should be written in gold. He said it should be broadcast and extolled in all languages. Because it is beginning to reveal the work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God promises blessings and curses to Abraham. Notice that there's both here. A great nation, yes. A great name, yes. But there will be blessings and cursings. And God is going to use him and his faith as he blesses the rest of the world. Doesn't it ever strike you as, as a bit surprising that we are here today and they're still fighting in the Middle East? If you look back over world history, you see that Abraham's family is constantly being attacked. As a matter of fact, many nations of the world have, have persecuted the Jews. And if you trace the, the history of empires in this world, you find out that many of those empires, when they pick on God's children, God picks on them. Maybe I should say Abraham's family. When they pick on Abraham's family, God picks on them. The empire of Egypt is no more. The Canaanites are no more. The, the empire of Rome and Greece, which persecuted the Jews, is good. No the countries of Poland and Spain, after they, after they 
persecuted the Jews were punished. Poland and Spain. Sorry. Even the country of Germany. Things did not go well for Germany when they tried to destroy the Jewish nation. Some will bless Abraham's descendants and some will curse them. But God will use his family to bless the entire world. This is specifically through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we see Abraham as the father of the faithful. He was promised a great land, a great name, and a great blessing. And he and his descendants have received those things. And they're very relevant to our lives even today. Sometimes when we talk about a person like this, we might think they were perfect and never made mistakes. We might think, ah, I can never be like that. But it's clear in the scriptures that they were not perfect. They made many mistakes even after they followed God. But in general, their lives were characterized by faith and faithfulness. When they sinned, they suffered for it. But the Lord was always ready to forgive when they repented. Abraham faithfully, despite his challenges followed God. As Abraham moved from place to place, what did he do? As Abraham went from place to place and sojourning, he built an altar. He built an altar to the one true God. And all his pagan neighbors knew he was different. He built altars, but he had no idols. He worshipped a God that they did not know. He was not ashamed to worship God while his neighbors watched him. He was a light and testimony to the nations he passed through. Like you and me, he wasn't perfect. And if, if we can think about him and his life, and look at our own lives what do your neighbors know of you? Do they know who you worship? Do you have habits that they recognize? When the Lord's people meet are you with them? Do they know on the Lord's day you'll be walking this direction? Do they know you're never walking toward the bar? Or do they know you say you worship this? But you have the shrine over here. You have the amulets here. You have, you have the witchcraft there when you really need it. See, the righteous live by faith. The righteous are faithful. They don't betray the one they say they, they obey. They listen to their Lord. Jesus said, if you love me, you will... What? You will keep my commandments. 
Jesus ties our faith and our love to what? Our lives. Yesu adira okukiriza kwafe nokwagala kwafe nakusiba kubulamu bwafe. We say cheap is talk or talk is cheap. Because anybody can say anything. What do you do? Our love and our obedience are together. But Hebrews 11.8, which we read earlier, it says, by faith Abraham obeyed. James says faith without obedience is dead. You might have faith, but if there's no obedience, you're as good as dead. In Romans 14, Paul says action without faith is death. So from the life of Abraham through the rest of our Bible, we see that our faith is often tied to our fruit. The things we say are tied to the things we do. So take a moment to look at your life. Does your faith match up with what you do? Or do you have a different life? Like the life of the faithful, uh, our faithful father Abraham. Let's follow our Lord in faith and obedience. God rewards those who faithfully follow him. We, we, the beginning of this message, we talked about three groups of people. Which group were you in this morning? What is the appropriate response for you to the life of Abraham? Are you following the promises God has given you? Do you know what God has said to you? Let me encourage you to get into God's word. Gracious God promises to you. Put your faith and trust in him. And be faithful. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that through his imperfect life, you did wonderful and great things. Lord, your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Many times we barely understand the things you've told us. We're weak and sinful. We give in to our sins so often. But we pray that you'd help us to be faithful like Abraham. We pray that our lives would be marked by faith. We pray that true and saving faith in the hearts and minds of our people would result in obedience. Help us to love you and keep your commandments. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.